All right, if you take your Bibles together with me this morning, and we're going to be looking at the 100th Psalm. Psalms 100. Psalms 100. And I know that last Sunday morning I shared a message um, from Titus 2.14 and it says about Christ who gave himself to redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a people, a peculiar people zealous of good works. And I told you that last Sunday morning would be number one. And that this Sunday morning I would preach number two, but I'll preach number two next Sunday morning. And if you'll rehearse that verse, I hope you won't forget about it. Last Sunday morning, I shared who are the us. And the verse says, who gave himself for us. And who are the us? And and I really appreciate all the good compliments on the scripture and on the truth not on me but on the truth related to that including some young people I man that always thrills my heart for a young person to say that was really something made me think and it should of course that's a good question who are the us but there are two parts to that verse the other part is The first part is He gave Himself for us. But the second part of that verse is that He may redeem unto Himself. We usually think about our salvation as being for us. It's all about us. But sometimes we forget that what's going on in this world and has been all along has been that He has been purifying unto Himself a peculiar people. And we can know who they are. So I want you to think about that. Don't forget it. And I wanted to use this psalm because this is Thanksgiving week. And I've told you a lot of times that Thanksgiving really is my favorite holiday. Now you might say, well, what about Christmas? You know, the birth of the Savior. Well, I appreciate the birth of the Savior too. A few little things that are wrong with that particular holiday. It's not his birthday. It's not even the right time of year for his birthday. And, and of course, some of the things we celebrate come to us from sources that we uh, would rather they hadn't come from. And, of course, I do appreciate Christmas. It is a special time and a family time, and a giving time, and it's wonderful. But my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. And I guess one of the reasons is that I'm thankful, and uh, Thanksgiving for the child of God ought to be every single day of the year, 365 days a year. And I know for many of you, you're like myself, it really, really is. It really is. And I'm so thankful. I just really am so thankful. And I thank my God that He helps me to be thankful. I wouldn't be if I followed the inclinations of the flesh 
or if I was still existing in my old nature only, I wouldn't be. The Bible says there are people that are unthankful and unholy. And they go together in the Scriptures. And so there's a, a sense in which Thanksgiving is my favorite, and mainly because I love turkey and dressing and rolls and gravy and stuff like that. <laughs> and so I always look forward to that time. And uh, my little wife can crank it out. So this year is our turn to host our, my family, my side of the family, uh, for Thanksgiving. And we always enjoy that time. And Thanksgiving, thankfulness is a really important thing. Thankfulness. I want to tell you all this morning, it'll fix everything. Before I read the text, I run across this, and it came from the Mayo Clinic. And I thought this was really neat. Gratitude has been shown to significantly improve our physical health. It improves sleep. It boosts immunity, it decreases the risk of disease, it improves our mood, and increases our kindness. <laughs> you know what? That's good, is it not? And it's good medicine. Good medicine, gratitude is. Let me read the psalm. I'll just take off here preaching and never even read the text. It's one of my favorites uh, on the matter of Thanksgiving. Of course, it's not the only one. I looked up Psalms 34, 92, 30, 111, 7, 57, 44, 89, 28, 95, 69, 138, 107, 150, and 103. How do you like that? The Psalms were songs of worship. They were songs of worship. The Psalms were. And so naturally they would be filled with thankfulness. Being thankful, they would be filled with that. And uh, so this is just one of them. Let me read it right quickly. The psalm says this, as the Lord blesses His Word. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and, unto his, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him, and bless His name. For the Lord is good, and His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. So that psalm, if I had to put a title on the message this morning, I, I just struggle. Usually I'll outline what I want to share with you, and I want to tell you this morning there is no outline, and it's okay because I always seek God to lead me and guide me in what I'm going to share with you, and that's usually the way it comes out. But it didn't come out that way this week. And I just said, thank you, Lord. I'm going to get up there and preach with nothing but the psalm. And that's all we need, is it not? Of course, I wrote down some scripture passages that I thought was neat related to this. But I want to start the discourse this morning by sharing with you this 
uh, thought that has been on my mind all, all week since last week. You may remember that last Sunday morning, I shared with everybody the last song that we sung before uh, I got up was, I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk close to thee. Just a closer walk with thee. Now here's what I shared with you all. Worship is such an important element in our experience. Worship. And of course, over the years, I've heard many preachers and commentators and professors uh, remark that they believe that just so small a percentage of people who go to church actually worship God. Actually worship God. Do you realize that, for example, in that song, it's talking to the Lord. And I wonder how many of us thought about that while we were singing it. Preacher, did you? I sure did. Just a closer walk with thee. Grant it. Jesus is my plea. We ought to pay attention to the songs that we sing. They are would fall into several categories. They would be instructive. They would be songs where we actually are addressing the Lord. And on Sunday night, last week, the last song we sung was Make Me a Sanctuary. And I shared with the folks again, do you realize what we've just sung? Make Me a Sanctuary. Think about that. Worship is so very important. And in that talking with you, I shared with you what it says in John chapter 4. Jesus told the Samaritan woman that we must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And of course, in, in truth would be as the Bible prescribes, as it leads us. And then in spirit would be that we ought to have a little enthusiasm, I think, if we were really worshiping the Lord in spirit. Somebody made a remark this morning when we come in, there were a lot of flies, you know, as they do in the wintertime, come inside, and they were just making it to that door, and, and people was opening the door and letting five or six out at, at the time, and somebody made the remark, them flies have been church all week, they're spiritual, <laughs> or they just want to get out of here, <laughs> or something. But uh, the, the songs that we sing, worship is really as simple as this. It's interacting with God. In what we say, or what we do, or what we think, the thoughts of our mind during the week, I want to tell you, not because I'm preaching this morning, not because of that, but the sermon is a biblical part of our worship service, and it ought to produce a channel through which, as you listen and as you think that you're worshiping the Lord in that process. It's a spiritual thing. That's the way it is. And I know I probably preach some pretty sorry sermons every once in a while, but if you will let the Lord lead you, you'll pick up enough to, for it to be a worshipful experience for you. And it is for me. I'm just so thankful 
that the Lord had called me to preach many, many years ago, and it's an opportunity to worship Him through the preaching of the Word. Worship is such an important thing. That song that we just sung. I wonder how many of us, Jesus, we just want to thank You. Jesus, we just want to praise You. Jesus, we just want to serve You. And Jesus, we know You're coming. I wonder how many of us actually thought about that song. And even worse, I wonder if anybody sung a lie. You know, you could do that. Just a closer walk with thee, granted, Jesus. Well, I wonder how, you see how easy it would be if you don't, I'm close enough. I don't want any closer. I don't want to commit to that. I don't want to be dedicated that much or what have you. And so we can actually be a hypocrite and be dishonest. See, when we come together, it is to worship the Lord. Now, I want to tell you something this morning. I, this is a firm belief that I have. There is no worship apart from being thankful. I'm going to tell you there's just no way you could do it. There's no way. And giving thanks, giving thanks unto Him as we worship. What does that include, giving thanks? Uh, I, I read this morning this verse of Scripture, and I want to make sure I read it right, so I'm going to turn to it and read it. And it's in 2 Corinthians, and it's in the uh, 9th chapter, and it's in the 15th verse. A really short verse of Scripture. Here's what it says. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. A person has to have been the recipient of that gift to be thankful for it. You say, preacher, is that the beginning point of my attitude, being thankful? It sure is. And unspeakable, you know what that means. It means there's not words in the, our language to describe it. What an awesome gift that is to describe that. Who gave Himself for us, that He may redeem us from all iniquity and purify in Himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Unspeakable gift. Uh, also in Second Thessalonians, there's another verse, and it's in chapter number First Thessalonians. I'm sorry, chapter five and verse eighteen. It says this: In everything, give thanks. Well, preacher, what about all the bad stuff that happens? All things work together for good for them that love Him and are the called according to His purpose. This preacher for almost 50 years has seen so many bad things. I have been with so many people that are just in grave despair and broken and awful. Terrible things. 
You say, preacher, have you come to believe that verse of Scripture? I've believed it all along. All things work together for good. For them that love Him and are the call according to His purpose. I take seriously sometime, well all the time I really do, sometimes I don't think about it because I don't have to, but someone will say, oh please pray for me or pray for us. And I stop because I'm not sure exactly how that I ought to pray. And if you take seriously your prayer life and the sovereignty of God, you would think about that too. And sometimes I'll just say, Lord, I pray that your will be done in this matter, that you use something bad to turn around and make good come from it. And God has answered that prayer so many times, and He will. If something bad's going on in your life, stop and think. There may be good that will come from this. And it may be something that is the Lord's will and His working and bring honor and glory and praise to His kingdom and cause on this earth. That's the way we ought to pray. You say, but what if it don't? Well, it always does in some way. We may not recognize it. We may not recognize it at the moment. Sometimes it may take 10, 15, 20 years looking back and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because this is what happened as a result of that. And so the Bible is saying there, in everything, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Giving thanks. Now let me share a little bit uh, of the thoughts that have gone through my mind related to this. I know that's a dangerous thing, but sometimes it's beneficial. Uh, I believe that there's a difference between gratitude and, let me, let me say this way, thanksgiving. And here's what I mean when I say that. There's a lot of people in this world, and I've met a lot of them, and I've talked to a lot of them, and the subject matter has come up so many, many times down through the years. There may be someone or some family, and they, they are not Christians. They are unconverted. They are unregenerate. And they, life has been good to them. And they have been successful in the things that make people happy. You know, you can have success in the things that make you happy. Unsaved people can do that. It happens. It's, I, I, I know that if you were to go down here in the subdivision and just talk to people and ask them, you'd find out that that's true. That they are grateful. You see, they may not, be, they may not give credit you see, being thankful is giving credit to God. Giving credit to Him. You could be grateful and not necessarily uh, giving thanks. Giving thanks. And even you find people who say, well, you know, life is good, man. I, I've got a, a good home and my family's all healthy and we're all strong and, and we're, uh, we have a nice car to drive and, uh, and we have this, all this stuff and a good bank account and all this kind of thing, you know. And they, they would be th glad for that. 
But that doesn't mean that they will give thanks to God. Thanksgiving, I believe, is an attitude that God's children have and ought to have every single day, 365 days a year, every day. Get up every morning, thank you, Lord, and thank God for, uh, you know, we, we say, well, I can't thank Him for everything. Well, you can thank, there's things you can thank Him for. One of the songs, I, I want to tell you how to be thankful. I can't remember what, oh, yes. Here's, here's the recipe. We just sang about it. Here's the recipe. When upon life's villas you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. I got the recipe for discouragement, despair, uh, all of that stuff. I, I, there was another one I wanted to mention, but uh, depression. You say, preacher, you know, people can't help that. I know it's a medical condition. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying I've never had it. When these little boys, teenage boys, when they come to shake my hand, I can read their face. You know, they reach that hand out there, and you know what they're going to do? They're going to flat lay it on the preacher. I told one of the young men a while ago, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I'm 72 years old, and I can whip three your age. <laughs> I ain't going to tell you who it was, but it was, she's sitting back there by Melissa Rose. <laughs> he is but beside uh, the girls. But anyway, they'll, they'll come up and I'll say, well, I was doing all right. Jamie's son, I said it to him this morning. Well, I was doing great till you come along and now I'm depressed. And I shook his hand and I laid it on him. He just smiled and went on. And I'll tell him, one of these days you'll grow up and be a man. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you, you know, there's a, there's a remedy. There, there is a remedy. I tell you what, the happiest people in the world, and I, I don't necessarily like using the happy, because... Happiness depends on happenings. Joy is a different subject. And it's related to the way that God works in our life and blesses us in our life. Joy unspeakable. There's another one. There's not enough words in the English language to describe it. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. And God's people, God's true people, God's true people, you say, preacher, how do I know who they are? Be sure you're here next Sunday morning. And I'll share it with you from the Word of God, who they are. God's people are people that have something in their heart. And the world didn't give it to them. Stuff didn't give it to them. And nothing can't take it away either because it come from the Lord. It come from the Lord. That's why it's unspeakable and full of glory. And, and you, you say, preacher, you preach this stuff, but you don't really understand what life is like. Oh, but I do. I've lived a long time, and I've had experiences in life. I've had things that were so difficult, I didn't know how to handle them. I didn't know what to do. And somehow, looking back, the Lord's grace helped me along the way. I'm a firm believer in that. And nothing can take that away. The, the Bible tells us contentment 
with godliness is a great blessing. Contentment. I, Paul said, I've learned to be content. How did he learn that? He had a good teacher. Learn to be content. Now, you may not have much of this world's goods. Relatively speaking, I don't guess I do. I don't know. I don't think about that. I really don't. I don't think about what somebody else might have unless they're standing there looking me in the eye and bragging about what they've got, boasting about what they've got or whatever, how big their bank account is or whatever. You know, I never, you know, I don't think about that kind of stuff. But I want to tell you something. God has helped me to be content, to be content and appreciate. You wouldn't believe some of the things that I appreciate and I'm thankful for. And it, and it helps us. That's what makes us thankful. And I want to tell you something. Get up every day of your life, Christian friend, and count your blessings. When you're down and out, when you are discouraged, the song says, thinking all is law. Count your many blessings. They're there. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. You know, sometimes we need to be really careful. We take for granted the things that God has blessed us with. You know, down through the years, this has bothered me greatly. I've just been close to so many people, so many families, and I've watched families, now listen to me really careful, I've watched them when they didn't have hardly nothing. And over the years, they got good jobs, good careers, Involved in a lot of activities that don't have nothing to do with church and service. And gradually take the blessings God has given them and turning them around and making idols out of them. And they ain't got time to come to church. They, you know, I'm, I'm preaching to some people this morning. I hope that some are listening to me because that happens. And I will tell you something, God can put the brakes on. You better be careful about that kind of things if you're a child of God. Being faithful to Him. Being faithful. And I've watched it. You say, preacher, does it grieve you? Yes, it does. Well, does that matter? Read the last part of the book of Hebrews. You'll find out you shouldn't ever grieve your pastor. It's not good for you <laughs> if you do. It does say that. It does say that. Well, I'll just tell you what, I'll... Go over here and look, read it. And it says this, uh, talking about your pastor, it says, For they watch for your soul, as they must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Well, preacher, I never thought about my lifestyle grieving my pastor. Well, it, it can and, and you, you should expect it because, guess what? He loves you. He really does care about you. He really does. And so, counting our blessings. That's how we are thankful. And, and the, the song just goes on, So amid the conflicts where the great are small, do not be discouraged. God is over all. You see, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that He is a sovereign God, that He's in control and I say it all the time. Let me tell you something, folks. Every single thing that happens in God's creation, He either directed it or He permitted it. 
That's just a fact. He either directed it or He permitted it to happen. And He's a God of purpose. And we should seek His guidance. And there's so many things I want to say about this psalm. You know, talking about being thankful. Let me, let me read this. This is from Luke chapter 17. It's just an awesome little text that the inspiration of the Holy Spirit put in our Bibles. And here's what it says in Luke chapter 17, beginning verse 11. And it came to pass as he, that's just Jesus, came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. That's what they had to do. They couldn't get close to nobody. It was so contagious. And there was no cure for it in New Testament days. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. Now that's what they did when they were healed. See, these lepers were still lepers when Jesus spoke those words. You say, well, what happened? They got up and headed to the priest. Now they wouldn't have done that had they thought, I'm still going to be leprous when I get to the priest. You know why they did it? They did it because they believed what Jesus said. They just got up and went. They got up and went. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down to, on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. The reason that's added in there is because that wouldn't have been typical for a Samaritan. Samaritans and Jews didn't get along. Jews thought they were half-breeds. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? You know why I'm in church this morning? I'm going to tell you why I'm in church. You may say, Well, you're the preacher. You're supposed to be here. No. I'm not here because I'm the preacher and I'm supposed to be here. I'm not here because you pay me a salary to come and preach to you every week. I'm going to tell you why I'm here. From my heart and my soul, I'm here to give thanks unto my God. I'll be here next Sunday too. And the next, and the next. I told somebody, Delilah, this morning, I said the best I can remember, I think I've only missed two Sundays because I was sick in 22 years. And I missed them too because the health department called me and told me I had to stay away from people for 10 days. Folks, I want to tell you something. If it wasn't for that, I'd be here. I'd have been here. I wouldn't have missed the two weeks. You say, well, preacher, COVID must have been, you must have been pretty easy on you. Well, it was. It really was. I've had the flu two times in my life. And COVID was relatively speaking, hardly nothing compared to how sick I was with the flu. Oh, I remember both of those times. Once I had to leave work at Square D and come home and don't remember leaving the factory and coming home. 
I don't recall that trip. I was out of my mind. I'm serious. And the second time I had it, I was feeling like I was getting sick on Sunday morning when I pastored at Kidville and got one of the men. I said, now I'm not sure if I'll make it back. I want you to be prepared to fill in for me. And I was on the couch and I couldn't, I didn't know what day it was. I didn't know nothing. I was out of my mind sick with a flu. And Sue and the boys left me there and went to church. Just left me there. Well, she's a real spiritual woman. She knows how to put things in the hands of the Lord where it belongs. But I'd have been here. I'd have been here. You know why I'm here? I just want to thank you, Lord. And I don't remember the rest of the words of that, but I asked Brother Ron if he had that anywhere, and he said he didn't. That is a beautiful song. I love that song, and I'm going to memorize those verses because the next time I, it hits my brain, I'll be able to sing it to you. God's so good to me. I just want to come here. Now, some, I'm going to run out of time. I, I want to point out, verse 2 of that psalm, come before His presence with singing. Come before His presence with singing. Well, I checked this out. Just sing the word sing. Only word sing. In the Psalms is found 69 times. That's not counting song or singing. Those words, just that word sing, is found in the Psalms 69 times. You say, but preacher, I can't carry a tune. Well, I know a couple of you all that can't do it. I know. My sister-in-law Susie just has a terrible time carrying a tune. You don't even want to be sitting. But I tell you what she does. She makes a joyful noise unto the Lord. <laughs> That's all you got to do. And you know what? If you don't want to sing, take that songbook and go over them words and move your mouth. And you just soak those words in. Soak them in. How many of you believe singing is an important part of our worshiping God? I love it. I love it. Aaron, I'm so thankful for you and the instruments players and and I'm thankful to you that that sing with joy all over your face and you know we don't come into his presence walking on our lower lip not only is this a call by the way that's what it was you see there was prescribed in the old testament a thank offering because you were thankful and I read that they would sing this when they gathered for the thank offering, come before His presence with singing. The Psalms are songs that they used in their worship service. Come before His presence with singing. Oh, if we just understood. Don't come in here. This, His presence... Now listen folks, I'm going to tell you something. I I'm, I'm firmly believe it. This is a sanctuary. This is a place like in the Old Testament. They had the temple. They had the sanctuary. People gathered together. Together now. Gathered together. And I got a word of warning to some of you who are afraid to gather together. 
I'm not, I've, I've, I've said, I don't mean to offend anybody, but let me tell you something. I have a promise that the Lord's presence would be with me where two or three are gathered together. I want to be there. I'm not afraid to be there. That was his prescribed way. It was in the Old Testament. You can read the Psalms over and over. I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. God has always had a place set aside where He would meet with His people and where He would be searching hearts and minds and souls for worship that He could interact with them. That's what worship is. Interacting with God. And it's, it's so important. You can't worship God and not be thankful. You can't worship God without thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. In the 116th Psalm, there's a neat thing that is stated there by the psalmist. And it says this. In the 12th verse of that psalm, the psalmist asks a question. What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? Well, buddy, I want to tell you something. I can set aside everything going on in my life and I can be here for Bible study and prayer meeting on Wednesday night. I can be here for Sunday morning worship service. I can be here for Sunday night worship service. Whether anybody else worships or not, there'll be a few that do, I know, and I'm here. I'm here for that. What shall I render unto the Lord for all of His benefits? And he mentioned some things. He said, I'll walk before the Lord in the land of the living. He says here, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all His people. And here's the thank offering. I will offer to thee in the, the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. That was the thank offering in the Old Testament. What am I doing to express my thanks unto Him? Not just the attitude of being grateful. I tell you what, everybody I'm looking at this morning has been greatly blessed. Everybody has. With the things in life you need uh, to make you happy. What am, I, what am I rendering to the Lord for all His benefits to me? That's a serious question and one that I've asked myself. I couldn't preach this sermon this morning if it wasn't real to me. And it is real to me. It is real to me. And so, thanksgiving. Giving thanks unto the Lord. Not just grateful, and not just thankful, but giving thanks. God said in that psalm, come before His gates, come into the presence of the Lord. Have you ever thought about that? The presence, come into the presence of the Lord. Uh, I'm, I'm about to finish up preaching in the book of Galatians on every Sunday night. You might think, well, preacher, it's sure taking you a long time to get through that sixth chapter. Well, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I've been thinking, don't know if the Lord might lead this way or not, but I might on every Sunday night just start in the Psalms and go through whatever strikes me. Whatever impresses me. Believe me, there's plenty there. First one says, Blessed is the man. It sure does. 
Blessed is the man. And then it goes through the things that are there. That is to exist in a state of being blessed is what blessed means. Somebody might say, I'm blessed. Well, are you blessed? Are you, do you live in a state of that? So, this week, think about that. Give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. Father, I know there's a whole lot more in this psalm, and there's a whole lot more in these other psalms related to this. And I wish I could stay here for about four hours preaching from this subject. But your people have a Bible, and they can read it. They can read it under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and they can be blessed. They can worship you sitting in their living room. But that's not the only way. The main way to worship God is together with His people in the sanctuary and worship Him. Bless us, Lord, as we think about these thoughts, and especially help us to know There is no worship apart from thanksgiving. In Jesus' name and for His sake we pray. Amen.